2: In that case, I pronounce
3: you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Take TPV radio with you 24-7. Just download live 365 apps from your Apple or Google Play store. Like us on Facebook at TPV Radio or com. Walk with us, family. Let's go. You're listening to the hottest, most off-controversial, off-the-meters Christian radio station in the land.
4: In the land. the Somnus
2: Voice Radio Network. Are you ready to walk, family? Let's go!
4: This your boy, Cole from baby, and you tuned in to the Somnus Voice Radio Network. As Somnus
2: would say it, walk with me, family. Let's go! It's the two-time stellar award considered. Spin award nominated. You're listening to The Voice to The Voice, the Psalmist Voice Radio Network.
5: What's good, radio family? TPV Radio is just getting hotter, and we have an all-star lineup just for you. Monday's Conversations with Joe and Jay at 7.30 a.m. Tuesdays, Victory Over the Waste of Life with author Deanne LeBreen at 6 p.m. Wednesdays, Illuminating Word Ministries with Dr. Apostle Forrest L. Walker Sr. at 5 p.m. Thursdays, Real Talk with Dr. Byron Sago at 4.30 p.m. Also, Dorothy Patterson, the Reality Coach at 6 p.m. Fridays, the exclusive interview with your truly, the Thomas voice, by appointment only. Saturdays, is Saturday's Refet with Sister Lorraine Brown and Roberta Jones at 11 a.m., followed by The Locker Room with Coach D at 4 p.m. Sundays, TPV Reloaded at 2 p.m. with the Familia. Catch all of TPV Radio programming on Facebook Live at TPV radio also live 365 tune in and all of our podcast social media platforms. walk with us in relationship perfect and promise and let's
2: go you never heard christian radio quite like this like this get your fix 24 7 on the psalmist voice radio network radio network Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Desire Khalid. Listen, you're listening to the selfish Voice Radio. Walk with me. Let's go. It's time for the locker room with Coach D right now on TPD Radio. What's up, men of the locker room?
4: This is Coach D, and you have now tuned into the locker room. It is September 18th, 2021, and we're just happy you're here. Man, I'm telling you guys, I am excited. I am fired up with what God's doing in this time. I've been hearing some awesome feedback, and we would love you to continue to give that to us. You know, the coaches get excited. You know, that's what it's about, when we can see these things coming into fruition, guys' lives being changed, being touched, being delivered, being healed. That's why we're here. We are commissioned to be here just for that, and we'd love to hear you. So there's many, many ways that you can give to us. You can uh, go to the Men of Purpose slash Locker Room Facebook page. Uh, drop us a line there, or you can go out to our webpage, um, uh, com, or you can email us at moplockerroom at gmail.com. That's all one word, moplockerroom at gmail.com. And if you can't find us there, you can always hit us up on our, our, our wonderful ministry that uh, we're part of here at TPB uh, The Psalmist Voice You can go to any of his pages And drop a line And we want to hear from you We want to hear the Not only the testimonies But maybe some things That you're struggling with That you may want us to address Or some points you want to pull out Or just drop us a line And just say Hey, I appreciate you guys How you doing? Keep it up You know, we don't take anything Anything for granted You know And you also can listen to us, before I forget, we're just about on every streaming platform out there. Whatever your flavor is, all you got to do is type in Men of Purpose Locker Room, and we will be there. And coming soon, if you go to the webpage and hit the link, you'll see whatever platform you got right there, and you can listen to the episodes. And I really encourage you to go back and listen to some of the stuff that we've been talking about, what God has given us. Because it really is a transformational word And I think God is doing an awesome, awesome thing uh, Here at the locker room, guys And I'm just happy and a part and to be a part of it You know, I, I'm so excited I can hardly talk Because so many things are happening You know, Pastor Chris uh, uh, from uh, TPV Radio You know, I I can't help but to be humbled and honored to be laboring amongst him, you know, because I remember we go we go back a little ways and we go back to, basically we was a shack in the middle of a cornfield trying to get the word of God out and now oh man, so much is happening, he, he informed us, I'm not going to steal too much of his shine, I'm going to let him promote it, but we're not only going to be able to have TV, we're going to have an app, you know, and, and, and Coach Coleman is working on a television station and And it's just so much what God is doing in this hour. So there's no excuses, you know, and that's the thing. God's going to strip away all the excuses. Man, it's time to level up. It's time to come on up. And we hope that you're here today that you're ready to level up and come up. You're tired of the mundane. Well, before I get too far into it, I want to give my shout-outs, and I want to introduce the group of coaches that are with me today. An amazing, amazing crew. These guys, I tell you, they they inspire me. They encourage me. I glean off of them every time we're together. And I'm just at awe of what God is doing with them and what the Holy Spirit is putting in their mouth to say to you. These guys, these gentlemen, I love each and every one of them. They're my brothers in Christ, and, and, and I just can't say enough about what God is doing and how he has honored me to walk alongside these men in this hour to come to you. Coach Tut, if you're on the line, would you introduce yourself to the men today?
0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Coach Tut. I am excited to be here. It's uh, unfortunately been a couple weeks, but I am back. I am on fire. I am ready to roll. Hallelujah.
4: Hallelujah. This next coach, um, man, me and him have been laboring together. We've been through some ups and downs. And let me tell you something, the enemy really tried to sabotage what we're doing. But guess what? We stayed the course no matter what. No matter how hard it was, we stayed the course. And this man's vision is just completely off the charts. And I just thank God for him.
5: Coach Newton, if you're out there,
4: introduce yourself.
5: Oh, yeah. Welcome to the locker room. And I'm Coach Chris. What's good? Yes, Coach D said it. We have an app. We are at beta stage, but you can still download it on your mobile device. We'll be on Google Play and Apple Store in about a week to two weeks because they got to do their thing and all that stuff. And all you computer buffs know exactly what I'm talking about. But we're excited because now we have a central place where all you have to do is download the app and hit the live button, and you can listen to all of our programming 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's huge. Also, we have partnered up with a stellar award-winning radio station, All Nation Radio, all all the way in Mississippi by way of Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. And we thank all of you who have contributed to this great partnership to expand our reach even further. And I'm humbled by the visionary by that network, Bishop Samuel McGill III. God bless you, sir, for allowing us to be a part of a great move of God. And I have to give a shout out to my kiddos, CJ Tajanique, Jalen Tyreek, Ian and Tajanay. Daddy loves you all to pieces, and I can't forget about the TPV Radio family. Y'all been riding with us since day one. Our virtual side is blowing up, and we're not even a year in yet. We thank God for you, and yes, Coach D said it. We're streaming on six different platforms. We're streaming on all three of our Facebook pages. We're also streaming on Twitter also on LinkedIn, and also on Twitch TV. Yes, gamers need Jesus too. Just saying. And, of course, of all y'all know about Instagram, that's a little tricky thing right there, but we'll get on there too momentarily. So that's all my drops. I'm ready to get it in. The offensive line got the playbook, and we're ready to get this party started. So, Coach D, back to
4: you. Amen. Amen. We, uh, amen. This next coach I'm going to bring up, he's just been a phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. I'm just a man. I, every time I get an opportunity to listen to a minister, man, I'm telling you, I just sit back and my jaw drops because the knowledge and the revelation the Holy Spirit has coming out of this guy is Amazing. Coach Coleman, if you're on the line, you introduce yourself to the folks. Uh, we got Coach Coleman today.
5: Uh, he says he's on the line. Uh, yeah, he's unmuted. Coach Coleman, Maybe he we got you his out there.
4: Okay, well, I'm going to go to this next coach. Maybe he'll get that uh, mute situation figured out over there. This next coach I got on the line is just amazing, folks. He is the essence of humility and meekness. I just draw off this coach every time we get the chance to, to get together and sit down together. It's just uh The the humbleness and and the word and the wisdom that he brings forth is just amazing. Coach Lance, if you're out there, introduce yourself.
3: Hey, hey, Coach D. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. And uh, just uh, really an honor just to get together with you coaches. I've missed you guys. It's uh, been a couple weeks, but uh, it's really good to be back and uh, just to share with one another and just to search these. uh, Church of Scriptures and together, it's just a real honor and privilege, and I just uh, love y'all.
4: Amen.
3: Amen.
4: You know, before we get started, and uh, and I want to give my shout-outs, I want to give a testimony. I was thinking about you guys, and, and, and the Lord told me to share this testimony. You know, I am blessed. I had an opportunity on September the 6th to travel to Michigan. To receive my ordination For being a pastor But let me tell you what's significant about that Prior to that Me and my wife We booked the tickets for this trip in June And we were going to go Visit my son that lives up in Wisconsin And we had to go to Michigan I'm in Mississippi And September, I mean I'm sorry August the 29th Hurricane Ida hit And we were supposed to fly out of New Orleans Well Saturday morning is when our our departure flight was. And the airline called us Friday afternoon and said, your tickets have been canceled.
3: And I'm thinking, wow, "Wow,
4: well, I'll just call my old pastor, and he'll understand, and he'll be, you know, concerned, and, and, and he won't really mind too much. But, fellas, my wife told me, no, we're going. Okay, all right, I called. I was up to midnight, ranging tickets. Well, on the thirty first let me bag that up let me bag that up a little bit. On July the twenty eighth, my wife got a life changing diagnosis. And I didn't think we were gonna go. I was ready to stay here and focus on her and help her get to her healing. So that was the first glitch that we had where the enemy tried to stop me from going forward. And then the hurricane. And then August 31st, right after the hurricane, my 17-year-old daughter was positive with COVID. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. We're not going... We got to stay here. So we got ourselves together. We quarantined her because my wife said, no, we're going," And we left. And let me tell you, that was the best trip I've ever experienced in my life, watching God move. What is my point to this? Men, sometimes things can be thrown at us in life. But it's our willingness to be steadfast. No matter what it looks like, know that God has a plan in action, and you stay with that on faith. You stay with that on faith. Now, it took my wife to minister that to me because I was ready to not necessarily shut it down but put it off, put it off for another time, put it off for maybe next year, put it off for a couple months, but There was nothing saying I would be here to experience that. That was my destiny. That was my course that time. And my wife showed that to me. And I want to share this with somebody because somebody may be wrestling with that. See, we we can be professionals at putting things off for tomorrow. But the Bible says tomorrow is not promised to anyone. So whatever you got going, whatever the Lord is speaking to you, stand on it. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what obstacles are in your way. I don't care what hurdles you have to jump. Just know that God is directing your path, and this is your time. So I'm excited about that, and, I, and, and, and God is really doing something in all of our lives. Even if you're hearing this today, these words that we are speaking Our life, life life-changing. So I want you to grasp all of that today. But I'm going to give my shout-outs away. I see Coach Newton got his already, so let me get mine so we can get rocking and rolling on this thing. First and foremost, I got to give a shout-out to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he has done some amazing, awesome things. And you know what? I still don't understand why he chose me, but he chose me, and I just thank him for it. And i got to give a shout-out to my phenomenal wife, my queen, Deborah. I love you. She's just an amazing woman. She's really kept me rooted and grounded. And I want to give a shout-out to TPV Ministries and the vision that they have. And just really Pastor Chris, First Lady Nisi over there in Texas, has just really been doing an awesome job standing strong
3: in the vision and
4: what God has given them to do no matter what it looks like. And I know a lot of the backstory, and and they have been truly phenomenal to work through what the enemy tried to do to shut them down. And I love them, and I thank God for them. And I got to give a shout-out to my my coaches today. You guys have been rocking with me. Every time I call and say, let's go, you suit up, boot up, and here we go. I just thank God, and I love each and every one of you. I got to give a shout-out to my kids and my grandkids. You know, they're, they're the ones that keep me Going to I can build a legacy for them, and Mighty Men's Institute. I got to give them a shout out. Coach Small, he's the other coach on the lock part of the locker room, but he he's the GM type. He's behind the scenes, making sure everything runs flawlessly. And I got to give him a shout out, and and all the guys over there, Mighty Men's Training Institute, and what they're you know what they're doing over there is truly amazing. And if you get an opportunity, go out and look for them, Mighty Men's Training Institute. They've got some great stuff out there. They've got some stuff that, that I know that will help you because it's helped me tremendously. And I want to give a special shout out to Life Church in Hurley, Mississippi, which I had an opportunity to visit last week. Just a phenomenal fellowship. The pastor is awesome, Pastor Steve. He did an amazing job, and I was just really, really thankful that God brought me there. And if you're ever around Hurley, Mississippi, you've got to check them out. Awesome, awesome, awesome fellowship. Well, that's all I got. Coach Tuck, what you got on the line? I'd like to give
0: a shout out to my wife, Samantha, um, for supporting me as we go through everything, for for being my why. Um, I'd like to th- I'd like to give a shout out to my boys for You know motivating me to be a a better father and a better Christian to be a better example for them Um, and I'd like to thank the other men that are on the show uh, for the men that listen because I know that this is reaching people I know that we're hitting the target that we're supposed to and I know that we're going beyond that too Um, so I'm grateful for your time I'm grateful for uh, for your willingness to to step into what God has for you and I'm grateful that God's using us to speak that word through us. So. That's all I got right now.
4: Amen. 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 Well, I don't know if Coach Coleman, you out there, Coach Coleman?
5: No, he's not on the line.
4: Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, Coach last, you got any shout outs you'd like to get out the way, sir?
3: Oh, yes, sir. Yes, Coach, I do. Uh, really just a uh, shout-out to uh, you other coaches. I just really appreciate you guys. And uh, working with you guys uh, uh, Monday through Friday is truly a blessing. And uh, Mighty Men's Training Institute, I just uh, want to echo your uh, um, shout-out on that. It is it is such a blessing to have people encourage you all day every day the holy spirit knows just what you need when you need it and it is amazing how men of god can post things and share things right when you needed it and being involved with that group of men is just awesome and coach small the gm is uh, uh amazing he has done so much to spur me on and he'll just uh text me or call me and say hey uh, how's it going and um uh, just uh encourages us along the way. I can't emphasize enough the fellowship that comes from that. And, uh, of course, my wonderful wife, Renee, who just uh, supports me through it all, um, truly a gift from God. And, of course, uh, above all, our Heavenly Father who has prepared works for us in, event, in advance for us to do and has given us guidance to do those works and all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus to accomplish the work And so it is just wonderful that we have a purpose and we have the provision to make it happen. And I just am so thankful for that. Amen, amen. Well,
4: guys, I hope you you buckled up. Uh, We just come off the series Making of a Warrior, and we're going into this next series. So if you got your Bibles handy, your notepad handy, your pen handy, we're going to dive into this thing. We're going to get it going because this is your time and your hour. Now, this next series we're going to cover simply says this, how are you living? How are you living? Are you tired of going through the same thing continually over and over are you tired of look like every time you try to go to church, try something new and it's not working for you? Are you tired of just being sick and tired? Well, we're going to hit some points in this new series, and the first first part of this series we're going to hit today is what is your standard? And that's going to be followed by why are you satisfied running on empty? And then it's going to be time to elevate the supernatural man, and we're going to close it out with living with confidence. So let's dive into this, this, this first part of this series. What is your standard? Now, if you've got your Bibles handy, uh, tablet, or a phone, however you choose to, to get your word of God, I want to go to 1 Peter Chapter 1 and verse 15 First Peter I tell you what, let's go to start at 14 Let's go to 14 and 15 out of First Peter And I'm going to be reading out of the New King James today And it says, as being obedient children Not conforming yourselves to the former lust As in your ignorance But as he have who called you Is holy You also be holy In all your conduct Now coaches That was A tough scripture For me to give Early on See because Just like the culture that we Live in today you know if you get caught up In following You really can You really can't what's going on, you know, because the standard we're supposed to live by is being holy, but everything else around us, everything else around us, is contrary to that. So let's let's unwrap this, Coach Tut, for the guys today. What does it exactly mean to be holy? How how do I get that concept across? What does it mean to be holy? You got the floor,
0: sir. Man, that is a loaded question, uh, right out the gate, too. Um, <laughs> when, <Amen>. the, <laughs>
3: when,
0: when you look at the concept of being holy, it it all boils down to your willingness to follow God's word beyond what the earth, what the world would tell you to do you know That's being true. willing to and the only way that you that you're able to listen to his word is to know what his word says which means you have to get mm. in the word daily in order to get your biblical nourishment so that it stays with you all day it it works it works to to give you that that counterpoint to what the world would say is normal or acceptable or you should do you know, when you know the word of God, when you know what He says about how to live your life, how how to approach things, it's it's your filter. You know, it, it works right. to where you it gives you that discernment where you can sift through what's living in accordance with God's word and you have to be willing to sacrifice worldly satisfaction in order to gain you know, heavenly satisfaction. You, you have to be willing to put the stuff off that the world would tell you to do sometimes. Right. Now, sometimes it lines up where you get to have a great amount of fun, but there's the world is going to be based in the flesh. And so a lot of the things that the world would say is normal that our society would say, hey, go ahead and do this, you know, right. it's not going to line up with what the Word says. So holy Amen. being holy is when you're when you're obedient to God, knowing that he loves you, knowing that he made you for a purpose. Following his word when it comes to different scenarios is going to let you walk in that purpose. And when you're there, when you when you're willing to put aside the things of this world to glorify him, there is nothing greater than walking in the purpose that God has for you. Wow,
4: that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Wow. Man, that's good coach. I love it. I love it. Because I think sometimes and I love the way that you you simplified it. Because a lot of times we'll take that word holy and we'll complicate it. We, we 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 equate it to I have to be perfect. Now, we all, even us, the coaches on the line, we we all have our moments where we slip up from time to time. So, you know, we're not perfect. But when we draw on the Christ in us, when we draw on that Christ in us, then we can straighten it out. And I love the way you put that because, you know, I wanted the guys to hear it that, It isn't as complicated as what you think sometimes. That scripture, be ye holy as I am holy. You know, I'm thinking, oh, okay. If I'm not saved from the cradle to the grave, I got problems. I'm not going to make it. But no, that's not it. Thanks, Coach That, that That put a good perspective on it. Now, guys, I want you to listen up. I was in a. Bible study a men's group one time and we were going over a verse now this one is tough we were we was we was going over a verse and it's Ezekiel 22 and 30 now I want you you got your Bible I want you to highlight it I want you if it's on your phone, I want you to hit the highlighter, underline it, do whatever you got to do. But I want you to get this verse in you because this verse right here is a motivator. Ezekiel 2230, and I'm reading out of the King James, and it says, And I sought, for a man among, I sought for a man among them that they should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me in the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Now, Coach Newton, that that really kind of describes a lot of people today. God sought for somebody that had a standard about them, and he couldn't find none, not even in the church. Uh Uh-oh, I know I went there. I'm sorry. Uh Not even in the church could he find a man to stand in the head. What about this religion thing? How can we establish and maintain a standard of being holy and strip off the religion? Come on, Coach Newton. Talk to
5: him. Well, that is an area of my Holy Ghost expertise. See, what I've learned in the last few years is that we cannot be visible with God. Without relationship with God. Uh Uh-oh, here he goes again. Well, I hate to break it to you, but religion only stumps your growth. Uh Uh-oh, I don't think they heard me. I'll say it one more time. Religion will only stump your growth. What are you talking about? Okay, I'm glad you asked. Well, when you develop a relationship with God, what happens is, one whether you're a babe seasoned vet retired whatever the first thing you should do is find a version of the word that you can digest see this is the first thing that we do in religion we give you Mm. a king james version or a new king james version now there's nothing wrong with the books but some people cannot digest the text So therefore, they need a text they can digest, which we have other versions, NIV, uh, ESV, so forth and so on. So my point is this. When you're reading the Word of God in the version that you can digest or understand, for lack of a better word, now when you start eating the Word of God, something else begins to happen. Your prayer life begins to take shape. Now, here's another religious aspect that we are taught in some of our churches. See, we are taught to automatically speak in the holy tongue, right? See, the problem is, if you have no clue, how are you going to just utter the tongue? You're just not going to utter it. Why? Because you don't have a close connection with the father yet. So when you are manipulated to start speaking in an unknown tongue, that's a problem. So here's my suggestion. See, like we're talking to you right now, it's the same thing. You talk to the father just like we're talking to you this afternoon. Develop your communication with God as you continue to seek him for guidance. Number one, your light will start to come on. What does that mean? Well, you're building your spirit man, meaning that you will be the salt of the earth. You will be the light in a dark place. Your light will begin to become bright brighter. So this is where Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30 comes in, where you won't have to worry about God looking for you. Uh Uh-oh. You already have a relationship with him. So why does he have to look for somebody that he's intimate with? Oh, y'all don't want to talk. See, this is why we have issues, Coach D. This is why we can't get to the next level because we've overcomplicated Communication with the Father. We made it so entertaining, so charismatic, that we can't even talk to him simply. And that's why when we get stuck as men, we don't know what to do because we weren't taught right. Now, I'm not saying all churches do this, so please don't inbox me. But what I'm saying is we need to start focusing on the core. For all you men that know what that is, your core is the center of what you do. So when you go to the gym, you work on your what? Core. So in the spirit realm, you have to work on your what? Core. So that means developing a relationship with God so you read your word you develop your prayer life and as you develop your prayer life it gets more enhanced more intense and then you start speaking in an unknown tongue that is more of an intimacy between you and God because you develop that communication and you develop that relationship so that's my first play Of the game, Coach D. And I'm going to draw back before I get a penalty flag for taking too long for the play to snap. So, Coach D, back to you. (laughs) Yes, sir. Awesome. That was
4: good stuff, man. Woo. Hallelujah. I hope you guys are eating this up. This is good. The coaches, they come today and they are on fire. Let me tell you, they are getting at it. You know, because a lot of times, you know, like what we're saying is, everything is relational. Both coaches are talking about relational stuff. And that's where we want to challenge you and get you into, get you into that relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to make your life transform. You know, you can't do it from the outside. You got to come on in and do it. And, you know, one thing that I wrestle with, um, especially, you know, like in the culture we're we're in today, you know, we're so culture-driven sometimes, you know. Even you may be saying, look, you know, I love Jesus, I accept Jesus, but I just can't seem to let my friends go, you know, and I compromise sometimes. You know, they want to do things, say things, and, and I want to do right. I want to do right, but it doesn't seem like that can't. And if you turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, I'm sorry, (coughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 17, and Coach Lance, let's break this down for me. 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, verse 17, it says, and I'm reading out of the New King James, it says, therefore, come out from among them and be ye separate says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Now coach Lass, does that mean that I got to get rid of everybody that doesn't think like me, talk like me, walk like me, act like me in order to find that standard of holiness? Come on, talk to him, coach Lass.
3: Well, uh his word uh is pretty specific on that, As even uh, as as far as we go back into the Old Testament. He uh, didn't want his people uh, uh, fellowshipping with people who had other gods and uh, um, evil practices. So uh, those people that would say, well, the New Testament uh, changed everything would be... uh, Shocked to see that that actually Is in the New Testament We are supposed to be separate We're ambassadors uh, of righteousness We're ambassadors of reconciliation For the kingdom We actually are seated with Christ In heavenly places You know it says what Do we have with evil You know you can't uh, you, uh, We can't fellowship with evil So uh, it's uh, I really believe this is One of those key things That Christians struggle with today is Mm -hmm. um, we try to live on the fence of part one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom and you can't do that and uh, it's it's actually if you um, have a relationship with the Lord and Christ is in you your life's going to be pretty miserable when you're not in fellowship with him. And uh, so, uh, it's your true strength comes out of Christ. You know, He's given us every spiritual blessing in Him. He's given us works that we're predestined to do. And uh, you know, I was uh, listening to a message today about Moses and how he uh, he knew what he was supposed to do, um, but uh, he sometimes the timing was off. You know, when he right. If, you go back he was only 10 years before the 400 years of their captivity it was 390 years when he slayed the egyptians and but because he he kind of said oh this is the way the Lord's going to do it uh it was uh 40 more years before god actually delivered him and in our life if we're not if we try to do things in the natural and if and if we look at the natural world for our um direction we're going to be led astray we have to tap into that kingdom understanding god tells us that if we lack wisdom mm-hmm. to ask him and he'll give it to us and so i think mm-hmm. this, this is probably the key point i think you've hit on it
1: hey amen you still there Coach? It,
3: Andy. i'll leave it for some of the other yeah, coaches or know. i'll get uh, that penalty flag too <laughs>
4: Hey man, you're kind of going in and out there Coach, check your mic
3: Alright, can you hear me?
4: Yeah, I can hear you now Okay Amen, amen That's good stuff That's good stuff, coaches You know, because What we want to touch on and Coach Andy Started bringing it out And it was so critical See because sometimes And I'm guilty of this and, and, and I'm just being transparent here When I accepted Christ in my life I always wanted to Gravitate back to what was Familiar To me And that's a spirit that That familiar spirit You know all the guys I used to Drink and smoke and get high with And hang out with and chase women You know, I couldn't wait to go tell them Look, I got saved But I wasn't bringing the gospel I was bringing me But there was not enough gospel in me To shine through me at that point So that familiarity Kind of ran its course And I found myself doing some things That I should not have done And I felt bad about it Because I was convicted now the Holy Spirit was there convicting me of them those things. And it's tough, and I know what you're going through. You know, you, you got your beer-drinking buddies, your, your buddies that you like to go out with, you know, and have a good time, but you want this Christ in you. But that's gonna have if you're going to raise a standard in your life, you're going to have to draw a line in the sand. It doesn't mean you don't care for them any less, you don't love them any less, because you may be the one instrumental into bringing them salvation. You know, we did on the Men of Purpose feed this morning, we had an interesting account when Ananias, if you're looking in the Bible, in the book of Acts, when Paul, Saul, was knocked off, God knocked him to his feet, I mean, knocked him off his feet and blinded him, and he told Ananias to go pray for him. Well, if you know about Saul, the man, he was killing Christians. He was persecuting, beating, separating families. He He was a... He wasn't a nice man. Not when it came to those, those professional Jesus Christ. But God told Ananias, Go pray for this man. You know, sometimes if, if, if we take our emotions into the situation, and that's what the familiarity wants to do is play on your emotions about things. You know, these are my homies, these are my boys, I can't leave them. Ride and die for life, you know, all that stuff. Man, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you have to draw a standard in your life if you want what we're talking about here. If you want some transformation in your life. Because I tell you now, I I still love my old friends, guys. I do. I love them dearly. Some of my old, I call them brothers today. But there's a joy that I experience of having a standard to say, hey, man, I love you, brother, but I can't go with you. I can't do this, brother. You know, we can we can get together and maybe have dinner, but I, I can't I can't hang out with you no more like that. And it's tough. It's tough coach. It's a tough situation to have to be put in. But if we're going to strive forward and get off the launching pad, these are some of the standards we're gonna to have to raise in our life. You know, because a lot of times we think going to church Sitting there Sunday morning, going through these rituals, will somehow do something for us. But we are the ones that have to raise the standard. Amen. And what that standard and what we're doing today, men, and I want you to listen and listen up closely we are going to have to stretch your face so you can see and understand the standard that we're talking about. You're going to have to. So turn with me real quick to the book of Mark. Right after Luke. Right before, or I'm sorry, Matthew Mark.
5: I said it wrong. Right before
4: Luke. Mark chapter 9, verse 24. Let's unpack this from phone, coaches. I think I got the wrong verse. Yeah, I'm sorry. I messed that up, coaches. You can throw a penalty on me on this one. But uh, but we're gonna we're gonna stretch their faith. We we are really gonna stretch their faith today. So turn with me now to Romans twelve and three. Romans twelve and three had a good point there too. I wrote the wrong verse. Now all right, here we go, Coach. Tut, let's 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 talk about faith here for a minute because we're going to pull these guys' faith up. We're gonna we're gonna have to stretch it a little bit. Romans 12 and 3 says, For I say, though the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Well, Coach Cut, the, the question comes across the line here. Why does my faith seem so small? Why does it seem not powerful enough? What do you you say to guys like that, Coach Tut? They're struggling out here. Come on, let's talk to them. You know,
0: I I think that a lot of times we get stuck in our – we feel like we have to immediately step into prophecy, you know, as if we have to immediately change who we are right off the rip when – the truth of the matter is that when we when we're saved, we're called into the purpose that God has for us. But we don't we have to walk in the faith. We're not going we can't ever step into this high and mighty mode that a lot of Christians that are religious get into where they start judging the people that are around them simply because they're safe. You know, we, we have to be, we have to be the people that genuinely bring the light. Jesus was a humble man. Right. Right. You know, right. right. He didn't judge other people. He was, he was friends with sinners, but he was, he related with them because he knew for us the situations that we've come out of before we were saved, God had us mm-hmm. go through those to uniquely enable us to connect with people that are still in it, to mm-hmm. help them to move past it, to, to be able to you know, find that there is forgiveness, that there is freedom that comes along with knowing who Jesus is. So to those that are not saved, our faith may seem small you know because we're not going to go instantly to being a to being a preacher or instantly healing the sick you know as our faith grows we start to see more and more of the fruits of the spirit come to life in our lives but a lot of people they they think that as soon as you're saved that you're that you're done with everything it, it's it's a process you know you have to right. You have to be willing to kill the old self and let the old self die, but that takes time. Wow. You know, where you identify, I, I, when you identify that there are parts of your life that are not in alignment with the word, it is not an instant resolution of everything. You have to start with one of them, work on that to get it in alignment. And then move on to the next one. It's it's a process throughout your entire life. There's never going to be a moment where you go from you're – you're saved from the time that you accept Jesus into your life. But it mm-hmm. is an ongoing effort to get in alignment with the Word. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a world that is full of distractions. There are going to be times when we slip. I don't care how strong of a Christian you are. I don't care – how strong you identify your faith as being. There will be times when you slip, but there's forgiveness that comes with that. That's where grace steps in. You know, as long as you are on the path towards getting getting that relationship with Jesus where it needs to be, that's where you're right. covered in grace. You have too many people that think that you can be saved, Go out and do all the things that you were doing before. Go out, you know, drinking and, you know, smoking whatever and, you know, being, being the same person that you were before you got saved. You know, doing things to excess and think, oh, well, grace has got me. You know, that's, that's taking advantage of grace. That's, that's the wrong well, approach. You know, you have to be willing to let some of that stuff go if you genuinely want a relationship with Jesus.
4: Wow. But it is a process. Good. Amen. Oh no, you 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 stepped on some toes, Coach Cut. I heard him wow. cracking from way over here. Wow. Coach Newton, we can't let this one yes, fall off, man. We got to drive right into this one. Hyper Grace, I can do whatever I want to do and still be okay. What does that do to my
5: face? Come on. Come on, Coach Newton. Get in there. Well, that's just the problem. See, we're preaching all this indoctrinated stuff that has nothing to do with what God commanded. Now, when it comes to doing your own thing, but I'm still saved. I'm still going to church. I'm still tithing. I'm still dancing. I'm still singing. I'm still being entertained. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. That's okay, the wrong word. Okay. I didn't even say that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, um, I'm, 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 I'm fake loving. I got my mask on, and I still reek of cigarette smoke and vodka. Oh, oops. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm sorry. I was going to say. But, see, but I have grace because I am saved. So, therefore, it's okay if I go every once in a while. It's okay. Y'all, y'all coaches is a little uptight. It's okay if I can get a little something, something every now and then. Well, I'm sorry. I got news for you. you Usually, when you have, again, a relationship with God, things change. Uh-oh. Amen. See, when you decide to get tired and sick of everything that you're putting yourself in, when you're sick and tired of all the key cliches that you've been throwing out, all the fake happy face, happy feet, Happy Tide, all that nonsense that you were portraying. And I got to co-sign my sister's book. And the Oscar goes to. Think about it. We have some of the best actors and actresses in all or some of our churches. We know how to say the script on point. We know when the cameras are on us. We got the ceremonial praise and worship going on. But behind closed doors, we are mm. a So how can I maintain my faith when I don't have any in the first place? Well, again, mm. in the first play I said that you have to develop a relationship. And that's key. You cannot continue to try to do this thing on your own. You're going to need some help. You're going to need accountability partners, for real, not the accountability partners that's going to be right with you at the club. I'm talking about the, account- the accountability partners that's going to keep you from going to the club, keep you drinking Come on. that drink, keep you smoking that smoke, just saying. So this is what I'm saying. As men, we have a tendency to not allow other people in our stuff. Why? Because I think we said this a couple of weeks, Coach D, that it's our pride that gets in the way. We're so prideful that we don't allow God, to even give us the grace that we need because of the fact we got this, God. I don't need you to, and you know. And the next thing you know, we're at the liquor store. Or the next thing you know,
2: Mm.
5: we're doing something we got no business doing. Why? Because we don't submit. We don't allow ourselves to be taught because we know it all. We got the boat. We got the yacht. We got the house. We got the car. We got all these superficial things that will not last. But we've arrived. I can chest bump with Coach D, Coach Tut. I can, I can chest bump and high five because we can go on a fishing boat. And I get a tax write-off every year. I'm living my blessed life. But the problem is. Our integrity has to be intact. Our relationship is a constant work in process, and you have to have an accountability partner that will give you that nudge to continue to move forward and continue to stay focused on the play. So, Coach D, that's my second offensive of to half. Let me back on up because we got a little bit over. So we about to get a penalty flag. So I'm gonna pump it back. <laughs> so back to you.
4: Good stuff.
5: Good stuff.
4: Now look, look, guys, we're not we're not bashing the church, not at all. We're just trying to get you to level up because, you know, I wanna I wanna put this out there. I had an opportunity to go with my brother, Coach Andy, and Andy Last or Coach Lass is on the line today and. Me and him fellowship last week together at Life Church up in early Mississippi. And I'm telling you, it was one of the most amazing experiences I've had since I've been a Christian. I'm, I'm hands down, you know. But when we talk about Romans twelve three, and I want you to look at a couple things. I want to point out a couple things in the scripture as you read. It says, for through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly, as God has dealt. And I want you to underline that word or highlight that word specifically. Dealt to each one a measure of faith. That means it was designed, created, and put together just for you. You were dealt. A measure of faith. That means you got it. That means you got it. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've got it. You've got that faith that you need to move forward. Now, Coach Lance, you and I talked about this earlier um, in the week. I believe it was this week, earlier this week. And let's break this down because, you know, I see in the fellowship up there at Life Church, I see this verse right here really just standing out and and really coming alive. And that's going to be Matthew 25, um, verses 14 through 30. And I'm going to read out of the King James. Now, that's a long read, guys. Hang with me here. But it's some great stuff that we're going to bring out of here. Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Now, this is Jesus talking. And I'm reading out of the New King James. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling in far country." Who was called his own servants and delivered them the goods to men to them. And one of them one of them he gave five talents, and the other two, and another one. To each according to his own ability, and immediately he went on the journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had
3: received
4: one went and dug it in the ground and hid, it, hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he, so he who had received five talents came and brought five ta- other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter in the joy of of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, you faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord. I knew you were a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with with the bankers and at my coming, I would, receive, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to whom who has ten. For everyone who has more will be given, and he who has abundance from them, he, what does not even what he has, will be taken away. And cast a probably sermon into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, folks last I've heard this preached, a lot about money you know where they want to when they when they when it comes giving time you know they'll pull this scripture out and they'll say get your money out and 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 you'll you'll double up on it you'll triple up on it when you sow it but the lord showed me something interesting about this that we talked about faith and we want to unpack faith with the men here today that faith is a gift we've each been given something and how we use it is directly going to affect our walk. What I want to break down, Coach Lads, for the guys so they can understand, is how critical in everyday life is in, is it to use the faith
3: that God has dealt us.
4: Go ahead and talk to him, Coach Andy.
3: Uh, well, Coach D, it's, uh, it's very important. I think uh, even the story this parable brings it out how god looks at it you know uh, it brings to mind the story of the fig tree here was a fig tree that had leaves and it even says it wasn't even the time for figs but our lord cursed that fig tree because it was not bearing figs it was saying that it was able to it, it says he talked to the fig tree the fig tree talked to him in the ability in its advertising that it had figs but had none, a false advertising. And it was important enough to the Lord to include in his word that he cursed that thing that had the mm-hmm. ability to produce but did not produce. And this story highlights that to me, that here is a man who had the ability to produce a benefit to the kingdom, a, a, a reward for his master. And instead, right. and the key word to me is fear. He said I was afraid. Wow. And I think so many Christians walk in fear. And I'll tell you, my biggest fear growing up all in the years I've been is the fear of man. I was afraid to say something for what other people would think. And when we all have fears that we're afraid of, and we let fear stand in the way of walking in that faith, the opposite of faith is fear. And so uh, if we would just grab hold of that, that our Lord Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith, put our faith and trust in him and let him do the perfect work, we would be without fear because perfect love casts out all fear. Christ is love. As we put our faith and trust in him and draw into that love that he has, you'll have no fear of man. I've noticed the closer I get to him, the less fear of man I've got, and it, it, it works. It really does. As you dwell on him and his love, um, you will, you'll produce those talents, and you'll, you will operate in the faith that he's given you to uh, change the world.
4: Amen.
3: Amen. And, you know,
4: guys, Coach Last had shared something with me that just set me on fire. We were sitting talking one day, and he said, Don, I don't have no more faith in you. I just try not to have that much unbelief. And that just hit me square between the eyes because he mentioned something there. Fear. Fear. Fear is what sparks. It's like a spark to a forest fire For unbelief in your life And we've got to We've got to stand strong We've got to stand tall Because we were created Men as covenant keepers To stand strong and tall In faith See because Hebrews 11 and 1 Says now faith is the substance Of things hoped for The evidence of things not seen So if you want to Experience that evidence of things not seen. Faith mixed with action is what brings that down. Is what manifests it. Faith mixed with action, believing God who
3: he, who 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 He
4: said He is, and stepping out on. You know, because so often we get drawn back by what we think our inabilities are. But we've got to stand strong and move forward. Mm -mm -mm. Wow. But Coach Tut, there's a question came across the line. Man, I grew up in a Methodist church. My wife grew up in a Catholic church. But now we go to this church where what they say our faith is, we don't understand. How bad is denominational faith to the believer? Come on coach,
1: talk to him. So I think that denominational faith it's
0: denominations get wrapped up in ceremony A lot of it comes back to how it's how it's taught right? You have a lot of churches like I grew up Roman Catholic nothing against it mm-hmm. um, but there is a lot of ceremony you know and the the problem is when when you when you have children and their ceremony it makes it easier to teach them how to pray but the problem is if you don't ever teach the relationship with Jesus in addition to the ceremony then
2: Woo!
0: it's it's empty faith, you follow the ceremony, you're there doing the things, you're saying the words, but you're not engaging in that relationship with Jesus. You know, it's, it's that transition from, from milk to meat when you have to, you have to shift from it being your parents' faith where you were raised up in it, it's not until you actually have a relationship with Jesus. That, you, that you've shifted to the meat in your faith where you're actually you're following your own faith and your own relationship with Jesus. That's when you start to find your purpose. That's when you start to walk the walk that he has for you. It will never come until you have the relationship with Jesus. Now, there are things that will happen along your life. God is still moving things because we because we serve an all-knowing God, he moves pieces in your life to prepare you for that time when you do get that relationship with him so that you have the experience that you need to be able to reach the divine appointments that he's given to you and the people that he'll bring into your life to help bring them to know who Jesus is. You know, he's still moving those pieces even before you have that relationship, but I promise you you will not see his hand as strongly moving in your life until you have that relationship.
4: Amen. Wow. That is good, good stuff. That is good stuff. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. I just got word. Coach Mike must have been on the on Pacific time. He's coming out of the Pacific time zone.
3: But I heard he's
4: on the line now. Coach Coleman, you out there?
1: Hey, bless him. How you doing, sir? God bless you. <laughs> You're on that
4: specific Standard Time today,
2: huh? <laughs> it's specific. To it's
1: real you. specific. It's real specific today.
4: <laughs> Amen. Man, awesome to always have you on, Coach Coma. We've been unpacking some stuff. I don't know how much you've been listening, but uh, we're talking about, about what standard are you living by. And we know that God says, be holy for he is holy. So we're pulling on the guys. We're talking about faith because faith is the only way that they're going to see and understand the standard of God. So we're, we're pulling on that today. But uh, Coach Tut, that was a man. That was, you hit that right out the ballpark. And I think what what happens so often, man, we go to these places, we go to these um, denominations, so to speak, and we fall in those traditions. You know, in Mark seven thirteen, it says, um, uh, "Making the word of God of none effect through your traditions which you have handed down, and many things to, that you do." So we got to kind of strip some of that thing off and get back to the fundamental foundation of what faith really is. And we have to understand that we've been dealt this, but why? Why have we been dealt this measure of faith, Coach Newton? Mm. The Bible says I got it. I don't know if I got it, but if I got it, why was I giving it? Come on, talk to him.
5: Well, it's quite simple, because you either outwitted your way of not getting it. Uh Uh-oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Okay. Yeah, I did. Anyway, see, you either outwitted yourself from obtaining it, or you never wanted to, key word for today, have relationship to obtain it. That's the problem. We want our cake, and eat it, too. That's the problem. So, how Mm. can we be effective when we're always trying to outsmart, outwit, outdo a God that can just blow, and we're done. A God that can just mush us upside the head, and we're no more. A God that is infinite. See. We don't understand what we're dealing with. See, when you have an intimate relationship, let's bring this to the natural just a little bit because I don't think they're getting it. I think when you put all of your action in your spouse and you are not getting the same in return, don't you feel some kind of way? Think about it.
1: Mm -hmm. So
5: if we're not giving the same to the Father, won't you think he might feel a little bit some kind of way about us? Being that we are the first creation, we have a bigger obligation to seek the heart of God than our woman counterpart. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, you're being sexist now. No, I'm not. Read your word. See, Adam and God were intimate in the garden. Okay? This is where we lost it. See, instead of him having his total trust on who created him, his attention went elsewhere, which in turn caused the fall and in turn caused us to have an expiration date. See, I don't think they caught that. They think I'm being offensive, but I'm not. You're not listening. We had an intimate connection with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We allowed the distraction to cut that relationship, so in turn we had to suffer the consequences. So why do you think we deal with what we deal with because we always severing the connection and not having a relationship in the first place, Coach D. So let me drop my playbook because they're about to eject me out the game. So back (laughs) to you.
4: Amen. Amen. You know, wow, this is good stuff. Coach Coleman, you on the line?
1: Coach Coleman's here.
4: Amen. You know, the guys had the question, it just came across, where they said, if my faith is the size of a mustard seed, I can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and, and then it will obey me. But I don't know what size my faith is. Do I have mustard seed faith? I got acorn faith? I got watermelon faith? I don't know. How do I know what type of faith I got? Come on, Coach, break it down for
1: him. Well, let's start with the easiest one, which is what we talked about, the mustard seed faith. I, now, I want to make sure we put it in proper context when we say mustard seed faith. It says like a mustard mm-hmm. seed. Like a mustard seed. A simile, a metaphor, whichever one you want to use from an English text is, the intent here is to describe it that it might be like, and one of the characteristics of a mustard seed is that it would become large. So what are we saying? When you sow something small, it has a characteristic, and that characteristic is that it has a tendency to overtake everything that's in its pathway. So in, regardless of the size that you currently have it, if you are allowing God to use you in every capacity, and you might remember this if you become God's yes man right you become God's yes man you will see you will see your your faith grow beyond what you've ever thought possible so you will start seeing things come before you and you will go from just simply something very small to something that is grand and something that helps others overcome so let's not, you know, I know we say like a mustard seed and we get fixated on the size of a mustard seed. But remember, that mustard seed had another characteristic, and that other characteristic is its ability to dominate, its ability to overcome, its ability to take over anything that's in its pathway. So don't be fixated on whether or not it's, you know, I'm in this category or another category. How about just start with a mustard seed and be like that and let your, let your faith grow the way God wants it to. Amen.
4: Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, Coach Andy, he brought up a good point. He brought up an excellent point. And, you know, a lot of guys saying, look, Coach, I read Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Well, Coach Andy, the guys are saying, man, I'm trying to stand on this scripture in faith, but I'm having such a tough time. How can you help them out? How can you pull them up that they can stand on this
3: scripture, Coach Andy?
4: You have the floor, sir.
3: Hey, uh, Coach D, that's a good question. I uh, love talking about this because uh, um, we uh, tend to, and even what Coach Coleman was talking about about that faith of a mustard seed. I think the thing that we end up with is and I've been really meditating on this a lot is unbelief. I think that we could uh, see a lot more if we separate ourselves from cares of this world the things that hinder us. Um, the uh, When Jesus, uh, the disciples uh, were prayed, prayed for a paralytic, uh, the, the epileptic and his father brought him to Jesus and said, your uh, disciples uh, uh, prayed for him, but he couldn't get healed. But uh, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: Jesus said uh, something that's really neat. He said, uh, uh, oh, you little faith, how long will I be with you? And so I used to always think that this was uh, an indication that people had a different size faith, but yet he's given us all a measure of faith. Um, So, in this uh, And then another part of it was Where he uh, uh, When he healed this boy The disciples came to him and said Lord, why couldn't we uh, Heal Uh, Why couldn't we heal this boy And uh, It's neat because Jesus says That this kind can only come out By prayer And Mm -hmm. I always thought Well, there were Devils that were so big You had to pray and fast Over them But Jesus is talking about Your faith And your unbelief Amen. He said uh, And What really has become evident to me Is It's not the amount of faith that you have We've all been given a measure of faith We have that faith Amen. What happens is The unbelief stands in the way of Walking in that faith Uh I'll just uh, share with you something that uh, happened uh, just recently. And I'm a technician. I'm an electronics technician. I've been an electrician and electronics technician my whole life. And uh, I've always had problems praying for things that are mechanical because I can fix things that are mechanical. So in my worldly way of thinking, I'm like, um, this is a – something i can just go get apart and fix it and i was having dinner at my pastor's house um, about a month ago this happened and i've been the lord's been really dealing with me on this because it's like andy i can do all things uh the shoes of the israelites did not wear out for 40 years do i believe that right i've got a measure of faith i should be able to believe that so we he at the end of dinner he explained that his hot water heater had not worked in a month and he knows I'm an electrician, so he said, oh, could, you, could you look at it? And I was explaining to him how that hot water heater works. Right. And uh, we uh, I explained to him what we needed to check, what needed to be checked. Um, it was late, so wasn't going to be anything I could do. And uh, the next day, I don't even remember praying, but my wife says, I pray. She remembers me praying over this hot water heater. I I must have just been, uh, I do pray all the time, but pastor the next day said, Andy, the hot water heater is working. And just last night we were (laughs) dinner with him, and the hot water heater has been working for a month. And it's been, you know, Pastor's wife says she hasn't had a hot shower until that day, and it's never stopped working. This is the thing. God will stretch you as you begin to get rid of your unbelief. Why can't God do that? Why can't he? He's a God that the shoes did not wear out. Um, Why can't he provide for his people? And we have access to every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. I think if we separate ourselves from the worldly way of thinking and read his word and take it and let him speak to us through his word, we'll be transformed by the renewing of our mind, and we will walk in these things.
4: Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know that 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 scripture that Coach Andy was talking about, uh, actually was where I was going to go in in Mark um chapter 9 uh verses 23 and 24. And couple points I want to make out of here. In 23, he says, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately the father the child cried out. He's talking about the child that was possessed and he took him to the disciples and they couldn't help him. He says, I believe, help my unbelief. And then Jesus healed the child. And if you go over to verse 29, and the disciples were wondering why they couldn't do it, he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. And, okay, guys, get ready. Here we go. We're going to launch this thing off. That is the key to fortifying your faith. You have to develop that lifestyle. You have to come out among them, like we talked earlier. You have to pray and fast because Jesus said, in in uh, let me find it here in the in the book of Matthew six six through eighteen. He says, "Moreover, when ye fast, now he didn't say if you fast or hey guys by chance." Um, if you decide to maybe kind of no, he said. Moreover, when ye fast, so that tells us that this is, should be in a common occurrence in our lives. And I'll be the first one to say that I don't fast like I should. I'm sorry, and, and I and I know I should fast more. Be not as the hypocrites and sad comes. And then he goes on to tell him. Then he says, "But when you fast, anoint thy head and face." And and. What it is is what Jesus is saying is this is part of your lifestyle. If you follow me, prayer and fasting is part of your life. This isn't something you just pick up and put on the shelf and take it off whenever you get ready. This, man, listen to me. This is important here. We want you to fortify your faith. We want that faith operating to the level that whatever God created you for, your destiny, you can walk in it. Because me and Coach Andy was just talking about or me and Coach Lass was talking about the other day that we are designed and and meant to operate in the supernatural. We're supposed to be laying hands on sick and seeing them recover. We're supposed to be doing these things here. But we cannot do them if we're shuddering on our faith, if our faith isn't fortified. So This is very important. We have to understand. We have to fortify our faith. It's necessary because if we don't, and one of the coaches brought it out earlier, this little thing called fear is going to start to creep in. And fear brings doubt. Doubt brings unbelief, which will smother faith. So just like the man said, I believe but help me with my unbelief. Coach Tut, what's one way that we can start to shut down and get rid of some of this unbelief in the men's lives? Come on, Coach. Talk to him.
0: Now, when we start talking about faith, uh, it always makes me think, y'all know I love Dr. Billy Allsbrooks. Um, yeah. he, he said he he brought up in, in one of his recordings that there's three kinds of faith in God. You have hope, faith, and trust. You know, when you hope, you say, I hope there's a God up there. I hope he has the power to change the world. I hope he loves me enough to intervene on my behalf. I
3: don't,
0: don't know need who's something like it. I'll unbued like that All right. All right.
3: Okay.
0: Hey, Coach Coleman, I think you might need to mute.
1: I'm muted now. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) When
0: you have faith in God, you say, I believe there's a God up there. I believe that I have the faith that he has the power to change the world, but I hope that he loves me enough to intervene on my behalf. And Mm. those two are where where 90% of the church are, somewhere between hope and faith. But when you trust God, you say, I know there's a God up in heaven. I know he has the power to change the world, and I know he loves me enough because he sent his only son for me, and I know he won't fail me, and he will intervene on, my, on behalf of me, and I trust him enough to step out in faith.
2: Mm-hmm. We have
0: to get to the point through prayer and fasting where we can trust God because he has never not shown up. He has he follows through on every promise that he gives us, and we have to wear the reason why our th- why the promises that he gives us haven't come to fruition yet because of yeah. our misalignments with him, we have to get to the point and and when we talk about fasting, biblically they usually refer they refer to it as food only, but we live in a world full of distractions. You know, there. When, when we fast with food, we have to make sure that we're replacing the time when we would be eating with prayer. Otherwise, you're just right. starving yourself. You know, <laughs> if, that's good. I like that. because we have so many different distractions, whatever distraction it is that's keeping you from your time with God, be it your electronic devices, be it TV, be it, you know, friends be it you know whatever whatever it is drinking smoke whatever it is that you're doing that's keeping you from connecting with God that's what you should be fasting because wow. that's going to show God that you're making the strongest effort that you can to reconnect with him and continue that relationship with him well wow. you know that's good but again you have to make sure that the time that you take away from it is replaced with prayer, that you're actively working on that relationship with God when you're not doing that thing that distracts you from him.
4: Wow, that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Amen. Well, Coach Newton, man, we still got some stuff to unpack here in Mark 9. Because I know you were that father at one time where you cried out with tears rolling down your face, snot coming out of your nose, and you said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. What did you do in that time to get over that hump that you could start getting in the right direction? Share your testimony with the guys, Coach. Come on, talk to him.
5: Well, I had to learn the hard way. Well, Why? Well, you went to church. You served. You did this and that. Well, when I was laying on my back, the church never showed up. Uh-oh. I'm going to get in trouble with that one, but that's the truth. See, I was so caught up in the loyalty of the religion that I was
3: expected
5: for them to come. But Mm. they didn't show up. So I could have laid there and become hateful. I could have laid there and just said, you know what? I'm so tired of this. And let me be an atheist now because these these so-called Christians, they don't even care. If you broke up in the hospital, they won't even come and visit you because maybe Mm. I didn't hide enough or... Maybe I just didn't serve enough. See, the problem is, it's not about how much you sow, how much you give your time. Again, play number four. You have to develop your relationship with God, not religion. Religion didn't heal me, Coach D., Religion didn't allow me to walk again, Coach D. The religion didn't allow me to not be in much pain as I used to be, Coach D. He didn't let these things happen to me with religion. Uh-oh, let me get in trouble with that one. But uh, that's the truth. I had to develop my relationship in order for me to get closer to Jesus Christ, for him to then in turn strengthen my spirit, man, rebuild me from the inside out. Not the outside in, like we're normally taught to do. He had to rebuild me from the inside out. So what does that mean? Well, he had to take my carnal... I only love you conditionally. It's all about me, heart, and throw it in the garbage. And he had to replace it with the divine heart, which we all should be seeking after. So what is the divine heart? What are you talking about? See, we all need a heart transplant. Uh Uh-oh, they're not going to hear that one. But it's the truth. Our heart posture is all messed up. It's all jacked up. Our heart is the Mm. most weakest thing that we can possess. So if we don't stay connected to the vine, how do you expect to love like Christ when you ain't even connected in the first place? I know that wasn't proper English, but I'm going somewhere. See, we are so busy again doing all the things that look churchy, but we're not investing the time. To know the Lord for himself. Will you wake up and have some issues? Absolutely. Will you sometimes feel some kind of way? Absolutely. Because this flesh will automatically try to reject anything that has to do with relational intimacy with Christ. Your flesh will act up every single second of every waking day. But again, the key to it all, Coach D, is to throw the religion in the trash. Ask God to give me a new heart because our heart postures are all messed up. So when you ask God for a new heart posture, get deeper with me relationally by reading my word and also praying more intensely, asking For the spiritual manifestation of stuff. Not all the money, not all the stuff, but asking for your spiritual wealth that's held up in heaven. See, we twisted that verse. We want material wealth, but he never promised us material. He promised us spiritual. But we've twisted that whole doctrine up that all of us are speaking the same language, that we think Mm -hmm. that sowing the seed has everything to do with our walk with Christ. And it's absolutely, positively false. You need to read your word. You need to also see in Malachi 3 that he wasn't talking to us. But that's a whole other lesson. So, again, relationship is key to everything. If you want to tap into the things of of the spirit and not of the flesh, if you want to die to yourself, you have to die to the flesh daily. How do you do that? Again, develop a relationship with Jesus Christ our King. And I just got ejected out the game. So I'm gonna get out of here because I was a little bit too much. I yelled at the referee Way too long And he had enough So I'm going to drop my mic So Coach D Back to you
4: Amen Amen. Wow that's good stuff That's good stuff You know guys What we're trying to do is get you up and loving To understand We understand what you're going through All of us have been there All of us have been there And It's a place that we can identify and understand And we're giving you the tools to um, We give you the tools To to help you Strengthen it Fortify We're talking about fortifying faith here And What you have to do And I still want to stay here in Mark chapter 9 Because I think it's so much here That, that the Lord is trying to show us You know once you take the truth Or, or the word And you get that in your heart. Now, what do I mean by getting it in your heart? By not only understanding it, but willing to walk on it. Now, that's it. That's getting it in your heart. Not only understanding, but the willing to walk out on it. Because Jesus said that anything is possible, all things are possible to him who believes. And what that means is you're acting and standing and operating it like it's already happened and you know it's true. And I've always given this example. And and I used to drive transit bus. And we would put out a schedule. And that schedule would tell you where to stand at what time to catch the bus. Schedule. They would look and say the bus is going to be at this corner at such and such time, and they would go out 10, 15 minutes early. They didn't wait until they seen the bus before they got out to the corner. They got to the corner before the bus arrived because they knew that they could do it. What I was talking about is, 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 is I wanted to get in your heart, and I want you to act that way because, see, the thing about it is when you act on the truth, the information given you, you'll start to see a change in your life. You'll definitely start to see a change in your life, but Coach Coleman, you know, there's one thing the guy is saying that's coming out. That I'm talking. We're still in Matthew nine about the father. Now the the father knew Jesus was the answer to his situation because he knew he was powerless, and he knew everybody else that he had went to was powerless. He believed Jesus could heal his son. But what do you think caused the unbelief when he cried out? What do you think caused it? Coach Coleman, talk to him
1: for a minute. Oftentimes, if we have never seen it done before, then we're scared, uh, and we don't we don't have a template for for whatever happened in our lives to begin with. So, you know that fear is fear just settles in, and uh, right, right. you know that that happens oftentimes in our lives if we. We're, we become scared. Sometimes we're even scared to believe. That's a, that's a thing all by itself. Sometimes we're just scared to believe because we've been, we've been let down by so many before. But this particular time, though, in, in, the, in his life, he's come across Jesus. So let me just say this to you. I don't know who may have let you down, who may have disappointed you, who may have said they were going to do something and never did it. But don't let those people be the example for you when it comes to Christ. Amen. You have to believe God is able to do exactly what he said. So when fear shows up, sometimes faith runs out the door. But you got to get to the point where you invite faith in and sit down at the table and say, yes, fear, you got to go. And I'm encouraging everybody to just say, hey, you know, you've never seen anybody like Jesus before. You've never known anybody like Jesus before because there is nobody like Jesus. So I want to encourage you. that, That in and of itself is what normally sets us down. It keeps us from doing everything we're supposed to do. It's because we're locked in fear. But I'm going to ask you if you just, you know, let go of every bit of fear. And just trust God. And that's just it. He said, help my unbelief. Help me to trust you. Help me to trust that this Mm. is going to happen. Because so many times there have been failures in my life. And I don't know about y'all, but Mm. it it resonated with me when I finally got the understanding. Because I've been in that place. I've been in a place where it Mm. seemed like, you know, God, I've been trying and trying and trying. But I'm going to leave this with you. Sometimes the road to success. It's paved with the cobblestones of failure. You're going to meet many people who will fail you and fail you, but at the end of the day, Jesus will always come through. So trust Jesus. If he said it, it will come to pass. Trust God. I'll put it back to you, Doc. Amen.
4: Amen. Good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. Why are we talking so much about faith? You're probably asking yourself. Well, the word of God, we're talking about living by a standard. We're talking about raising your standard up. And the word of God says, "It is in, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And he said, we read the opening scripture, be holy as thou art holy. So if we're going to be like what God wants us to be, and we know we got to raise our standard. Faith is the number one priority because faith is going to connect and show you what these standards are. It's going to be your plumb line to these standards, and faith is going to be the one that you connect to know which standards you are or are living by. So that's why we're really hitting this faith thing so hard to fortify your faith, men, to bring you up to another level to see you operating and flowing in these things that we're talking about. But, Coach, last, before we get out of here, a question came across the table here. Life has a way of trying to dictate how you use your faith, and they want to take your faith away from you. This world wants to tell you what type of faith, when to use it, but how do I know Coach last the guy's asking, how do I know or how do I use my faith to tell life what I'm going to do? Come
0: on
3: now, talk to him. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Coach D, that's a good question. I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I love that you brought up uh, Hebrews 11.6 that so defines the, the importance of faith. And it's a, you know it's just rereading it But without faith it's impossible to Please him For he who comes to God And I love the last part of it. I use this a lot to explain to people mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. he who comes to God This is the two things he says uh, And it's not by coincidence That the writer of Hebrews says these two things He says it's impossible right. to Please God without it But the one who comes to God Must believe that he is That he is God and so I'll ask people, i said, do you believe that he's God? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe God. And then I, the second one is absolutely important qualifier. You have to believe he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And this Amen. is the thing. If you are not diligently seeking him, you are not walking in faith. If you are seeking God, a little bit of God in the world, And, you know, earlier I talked about the fence and how so many Christians have their feet on each side of the fence. They're basically standing on the fence. Well, here's the problem. The enemy owns the fence. So if you are on the fence, you are in the enemy's territory. God does not own the fence. He owns his side of the fence. The enemy owns his side of the fence and the fence. The fence is not God's. He does not want you lukewarm. He says he'll spit you out of his mouth. You're going to be hot or cold, so you're hot. So you are diligently seeking him, believing that he is the one who has all the answers for you, that he's the one who put in your faith and trust, as Coach Tutts said. I love the way he described it, that you trust in him, that he won't let you down. And that's the problem is we we get so caught up in the things of the world. And I'll tell you in my life, my wife's life, we've really, over the last six months, we have separated ourselves from so much. And I've seen my faith, you know, just explode as I've cut out all of those external things, just all of the external social media, news, um, I, I get my news from other people, but I, I don't get it from any source. And then I read the word. We spend time in the word and worship. We don't turn the TV on for anything. Just basically it's only worship and uh, the word and other authors like Andrew Womack, those types. Uh, mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. separate yourself and just seek him, and that's that's it. Yeah. Amen.
4: Amen. Man, guys, we're getting ready to have to get back up on the field of life here. Uh, Good stuff, coaches. Outstanding stuff. You know, guys out there, you know, I want you to come in close and listen to this. You know, all the coaches here today have been through some degree of what we've talked about today in terms of unbelief and doubt. And what the main thing is we're trying to get you to understand there's nothing to be ashamed of see because life has a way of saying that you are limitless you are powerless over me just like the father said look lord now he's talking to Jesus now he says, "Man, I done been to all the professionals. I done been to all the doctors. I done been to everywhere I could to heal my son, but nobody can help. Nobody can help him. But I know you can. I believe you can. But help with my unbelief. See, you're not limited." You're not powerless Because Jesus clearly states in Mark 24, when you invest in the substance of his word, and we talked about Hebrews 11.1, faith is the substance of things hoped for. When you tap into the substance of the word, you have power. Nothing is limited to you. Nothing. When you tap into the substance of the word, what am I saying? When you're walking on that word like it has already happened, when you make that declaration over your body, over your your wife, your children, that you are healed and delivered and you start acting like it, that is the power. Don't let life dictate to you what faith should do. Your faith comes from heaven. Every man has been dealt a measure of faith. Your faith is perfect. Your faith is powerful. But the enemy wants to take life to whoop you upside the head to say, you don't have no say so in this situation. Well, that's wrong. I'm here to tell you. Before we get back on that field of life today, I want you to take this with you. I want you to say, I am an overcomer, and my faith is good. Whatever situation you're dealing with, your faith is enough. We talked about some things that we have. We want to raise our standard. There's some things that we have to do because a lot of people will say, "Read the word," and I'm not taking away from that. We all should read the word. But there's other things that go along with that standard. When Jesus said, when the disciples talked to him and said, hey, Lord, why couldn't we do what you just did? He said this way, this comes out by way of only prayer and fasting. Where is prayer and fasting in your diet, your Christian diet, your spiritual diet? You may be praying, but are you fasting also? You may be fasting, but are you really giving enough time to prayer? See, because they didn't. Jesus wasn't saying whenever somebody comes to you, oh, you tell them to come back in three days after you've been prayed and fast about it and you're, you're it. No, what Jesus is saying, this is your lifestyle to kill that doubt and unbelief that would look to rise up in you. You beat back the flesh enough that your faith can stand strong. And guess what? Life has nobody to talk to in that situation because faith is, and this is from, uh, Tuts, uh, talked about Dr. Billy Osbrook, And it's a phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. And I've got this from him, and I credit this this to him. Faith is the only language that heaven hears. You're not going to be able to, your flesh is not going to be able to hear what heaven hears, but faith will. And life loves to talk to the flesh. Life cannot really negotiate and talk with the spirit. That's where we have to beat down that doubt and unbelief and fortify our faith. And fortifying your faith is just purging out that doubt and unbelief that life looks to put on us. And like I said before, it's nothing to be ashamed of because we are in this world but not of this world. Jesus said that in John 17, 13 through 16. Mark it down and go and read it. When Jesus was praying for you, he was interceding to the Father on your behalf. Look, he's given us these things that we can march to a beat of a different drum. We just have to hear the music. We just have to believe that. He has so much in store for you. You do not have to live a lackluster, powerless life. You are a champion. You are a warrior. You are a soldier. In the army of heaven. You got to start acting like it. Yeah, I'm pulling on you a little bit now. You got to start acting like it. So I'm, I'm so tired of seeing the enemy have these men beat down, tore down, thrown up from the floor up in God's army. Because we serve an almighty, loving, powerful, living God. And he's given us the keys to the kingdom. We just got to start using. Well, I could go on for another hour. I only got fired up, coaches. But hey, coaches, outstanding work! I thank God. I thank the Holy Spirit for you today, each and every one of you, and what you what you minister today. And I pray that whoever's out there that someone has has gleaned something today to 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 help them out. Coach Newton, you got any plugs you want to get in before we get out of here?
5: Uh. No, I, I think I gave all the plugs earlier, but just download the app. It is available. We'll actually, you know what? Go to our website, networkcom You will see uh, you uh, one of those barcodes. You just scan it, and it will automatically download to your phone until we become live within the next week to two weeks. That's how you can get the app at this point. But that's all I got, coach. So back to you. God bless
4: you. Amen. 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 Well God bless you all. Thank you for listening to us today. Thank you for the support. Uh like I said, we're out there on Anchor Spotify. Apple, um, just about every streaming platform out there. But before we get out of here today, I want to pray with you because I think God is going to do something amazing in your life. Father, I just thank you for this time with these men today, Lord. I just thank you for the opportunity that all of me and all the coaches can come together and minister your word to them. That they can live by the standard that you set for them in their lives, Lord, and that their faith will be pulled on this week as they go forward, Lord. As they hear this word and hear this message, Lord, they have a greater assurance of who and what you are in their life, Jesus, and they can stand on that firmly as they go through this week for not only themselves but for their families as well. God bless each and every man that is listening to this, dear Father, and give them the strength and the courage to stand strong in the midst of the enemy. And we come against anything that would look to try to take this word or retaliate them from standing on this word. For so father Jesus, we thank you. You are, you are our savior and we give you all the praise, glory, and honor for being Lord over our lives. And we thank you for this program and this opportunity. And we just ask you continue to anoint this, the airwaves, the coaches, the radio stations, and all that is listening dear father. For this, we thank and praise you in Jesus name. Almighty name, amen. Well, hey, it's been a pleasure. It's been exciting being with you once again. Uh, You are in the locker room. We're getting ready to get back on this field of life. I hope you got the things you need. I need you to strap up, put your gear on, and let's go. We're going to come out in this second half, and we are going to play like champions. We love you, God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks.